Would you turn to Genesis 1 this evening and let's uh, go into the Word tonight. Genesis 1. For some weeks now we have been on the subject of the moving of the Spirit. I like just saying that. The moving of the Spirit. Verse 1, Genesis 1, 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God was there. And the Spirit of God did what? Moved. Moved. Is the Spirit of God still around? Does He still move? Yes. He's not just around, static, but He moves. He's alive. And He has action. He moves. And what we have uh, been believing for is a better understanding of the moving of the Spirit. And learning our part. How we can cooperate with him and yield to him and have more moving of the spirit. Not just at church, but all the time. How many believe the spirit of God could move stronger at your house? Hmm? I remember when I was uh, just a boy, my grandmother, who's in heaven now, wonderful woman of God. One of the gentlest, godliest women I've ever known. Strong influence on me when I was a little boy. Prayer. She had uh, revelations. She'd have visions. And and uh, people called her a witch. Because they didn't understand. But I've seen some of the very same people. That uh, mocked her and called her names. Had to come back. Sometimes years later. And I've been there at her house. When people knelt by her rocking chair. And asked her to forgive them. Because it came to pass. And um. She influenced me. She was a partner of Brother Oral Roberts and would put his letters on the wall. And she was healed and her mother was healed in William Branham's meetings. William Branham, if you knew anything about his ministry, uh, powerfully used of God in the prophet's ministry and the healing ministry. And so she gave me, I guess I must have been about 10 years old. And I was spending the night over at their house in the wintertime. And it was cold. That old house, man, I mean, you could see the chickens <laughs> under the house or the dog through some of the cracks. So what you do, you know, you build a big fire, but you know, it threw out about that much heat. And you got all this air coming from other places. And so you'd warm up a little bit and then you'd run and go get in the bed and grandma would pile about 12 quilts <laughs> on top of you. Couldn't even turn over, man. I mean, you just. <laughs> Anybody know about that besides me? And um, I remember one night at their house in the blue bedroom, cold, she gave me a book by William Branham. And I started reading that book, and uh, 
As I got into it, it began to talk about some of the supernatural things that happened and how God used him. And I mean, the Holy Ghost come got in the bed with me. I sat there and cried just by myself. And just, you know, I'm young. My heart's tender to God and God's dealing with me. I didn't know why. I didn't know what. I knew he's real. But that's a moving of the spirit in the back blue bedroom at grandma's house with a young boy. You see, what I'm talking about, the moving of the Spirit is not limited to some special church service. We're supposed to have the moving of the Spirit all the time. I remember I must have been, I don't know, 12 or 13 maybe. And uh, our little house was real small. Oh, it must have been three rooms, not three bedrooms. <laughs> And two of them were, uh, my brother and I slept in one bedroom and my parents right across. Well, my dad worked at night and I awakened in the middle of the night and sensed the presence of God. And by this time I, I had sensed him before I knew this is God. My mama is praying like a house of fire in other tongues. I can hear her through the wall, which is right there. You know? And I sensed the presence of God. He moves. He manifests himself. How many believe every child ought to have the privilege of growing up in a house where the Spirit of God moves? Now, one thing you're going to hear me keep saying, and I believe at the prompting of the Lord, actually a quote of something that my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, said many times. He said, so often people are seeking after the spectacular. And they miss the supernatural. And oh, it's a big problem. People seek immature people in God. And prideful people seek the spectacular to make themselves something. And if you do that, you'll miss the real move of the Spirit. We're talking about the moving of the Spirit. We're not talking about this to try to get the Spirit to move. He's been moving. You hear these testimonies every week? Who did that? He's moved in our services again and again and again. We must not think, oh, we got to get the Spirit to move. He is moving. The thing is, do you discern His moving? Or are you trying to make something spectacular? You wanting to hear a voice. You're wanting to see an angel. You're wanting to have a vision. Watch out. These things happen. These spectacular things. But they don't happen for everybody. And they don't happen all the time. Read the book of Acts carefully sometime. And look for what I'm about to say to you. Look for these spectacular things. Somebody hearing what was to them an audible voice. Somebody being caught up out of their body to heaven. Somebody seeing an angel. Seeing Jesus. It happens. But you'd have to add to the Bible. To say that it happened more than twice or three times. In the whole lifetime of some of these apostles. Are you with me now? 
That sometimes you'll think it's happening every day because as you go from chapter to chapter, you don't realize sometimes there's 15 years difference between some of these things. And then you're reading about this person and it was a different person. And we're talking about body-wide. So body-wide, yeah, you have a number of things happening. But you might go all your life and not hear an audible voice of God speaking to you. You might go all your life and not see an angel. You might go all your life and not leave your body and have an experience like that. And it wouldn't mean that you're unspiritual. Did you hear me? Wouldn't mean that you didn't have enough faith. It just meant that God didn't see fit to do that. That's a special thing. Oh, but does it mean you can't have the moving of the Spirit in your life? No, you can have the moving of the Spirit and the leading of the Spirit every day and night. If you won't try to over-spectacularize it, and if you grow in your sensitivity and learn how to cooperate with Him. Now, one thing's for sure. His moving can become stronger, much stronger in every one of our lives as we learn how to cooperate. Go with me, if you would, over to the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, and verse 4. 1 Corinthians, 2nd chapter, 4th verse. He said, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. What was in demonstration of the Spirit? His preaching. His preaching. If we have a service and the word is preached or taught and people get revelation and people get answers and people get help and people get strengthened, the spirit moved. Do you understand that? Now, that's not the only way he moves, but one man or woman cannot reveal truth to another man or woman. I don't care how clearly, maybe God showed you something and it sets you free. I don't care how excited you are about it. You cannot reveal it to another person. Have you ever tried? You tell somebody, oh, glory to God. Did you see this? And you quote them the scripture, you say, glory to God. And they go, yeah. I've been knowing that. And you go, no, 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 you don't see. See, it said, no, 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 no. And they go, right. And you go, no. And you want to take off the top of their head and poke it down in them and go, now see it. See it. But you can't. I said you can't. If the Lord deals with you to share it with somebody, whether it's me right now or you or whoever, unless the Holy Ghost reaches inside and turns on the light. He is the revealer of truth. And when truth is being seen and revelation is coming, he's moving. <laughs> Do you see that? Did you get that? That's why I say we're not saying, oh, God, we got to have you to move. He's been moving. We just want to allow him to move completely in any way, in every area. 
Right? He's been moving. He said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit. The Spirit demonstrates. Now this is, we're getting into our message tonight. You'll see another word. You remember 1 Corinthians, what is it, 12, 7? But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. The what? Manifestation. Manifestation. And here it says what? Demonstration. Demonstration. If you look up these words, they're very similar. They mean really the same thing. You have to watch about King James words. (laughs) Manifestation. How often did you use that word in your normal talk today? <laughs> I know a friend of mine, uh, actually a minister from South Africa. Uh, his little boy had hurt himself. I think he hurt his knee or something. And so uh, he laid his hands on him and he prayed. And he's a little bitty guy. And he said, well, daddy, it still hurts. And he said, well, just thank God for the manifestation. <laughs> little bitty guy. You know, we use these words. And uh, and he said, okay, you know, and, and in a few minutes, he said, daddy, it still hurts. And he said, well, just thank God for the manifestation. And he went back out and a few minutes more, he said, but daddy, it still hurts. And he said, well, just thank God for the manifestation. He said, well, daddy, when is the man from the station coming? I think a lot of people wondering about the man from the station. <laughs> what does it mean? You know, break it down. Manifest. If you look it up, it means to show. To cause to be seen. Cause to be known. To be seen. Known. To show. And this is very significant because you'll see the word manifest, manifestation connected with the Holy Spirit repeatedly. He is the manifester, which is what? The shower or the revealer. What is re- We use the word revelation all the time. Revelation, revelation. Talk about it and sometimes don't have to know what it means. What is Revelation. Revelation is like if these curtains were closed up here. Well, not too long ago, we had a that pulpit built and we had a cover over it. You remember that? And, you know, these uh, paintings and the columns on the side here, and we had covers over them. And we had a night, actually it was a revelation night. <laughs> because we did what? You didn't know them, you hadn't seen them until we revealed them and by revealing them what did we do we uncovered them so they could be seen right well that's what the Holy Ghost does he's the uncoverer he's the shower now that's worth shouting about right there isn't he because there's all kind of stuff you need to see and know stuff you don't know you need to know Right? Stuff you want to know, you don't know. Does he know it? He already knows it. 
Not only does he already know it, but he knows how to show it. He's the shower. That's our text. God spoke in the beginning and said, light be. Then what happened? You could see it. (laughs) It was shown, right? And right before we see it shining, what do we see? Spirit of God moving on the face of the deep, right? The word came forth and the Spirit of God caused it to be seen and known. The Spirit of God is the manifester of the Word. The shower forth, the revealer of the Word. Isn't that wonderful? Now this, why are we talking about this? Because you and I have a desire to become expert at working with the Holy Ghost. Well, I'll tell you, one of the biggest things in learning how to work with him is you got to decide you're going to work with him. Not try to make him work with you. Did you get this now? Prayers that way. You want to be a good prayer? You want to be an effective prayer? Don't just write your 40 item list. What you think ought to happen. And get down one by one. And try to pray it into being. If you're going to be effective. You got to learn how to work with him. And there's times he won't hook up with you. Now if you haven't prayed much. Then you don't know about this. But if you do. You'll find out that there's times. Man it's easy to pray. You got help. You got unction. I mean, you just feel good about it. You're moving. And then there's other times it's obvious. It's just you. (laughs) And you can butt your head against the wall and go, come on, Holy Ghost, you got to help me with this. Or you can stop and ask the question, should I pray about this? See, so many times people are wasting untold energy and effort. Because it's not just working to believe for something. Should you even be trying to believe for it? Praying, praying, praying about it. And listen. You can cross the line in prayer. You can decide that somebody ought to do something. And you're going to pray them into it. Did you hear me? Well, I know what they need to do. And, I, and they said they didn't want to do it, but I know that's what they ought to do. And so I'm going to pray them into it. Well, you're trying to manipulate their will through what you're calling prayer. That's akin to witchcraft. No. That's why the scripture says, we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Now, we know some things, but not to the extent that we should. Why, what's he talking about? The spirit Helps us. Oh, thank God for praying in other tongues. Thank God because your mind is so limited in what you know. And what do you know about the future? Even less. So, so many times you know to pray the word. You know the word is the will of God. And you can see that. But so many times you say, Lord, help me to pray your perfect will about this. Whether it's what I think or whether it's something different. And then by faith, 
Pray in the Spirit. Oh, thank God. Thank God. How limited people are in their prayer life who don't do this. You say, well, I just don't believe it's for everybody. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> you could be praying like this too if you'd receive it. No, thank God. It's an awe privilege and an opportunity to pray beyond your understanding so watch about just deciding stuff and trying to push it through be aware when there's no unction there's no anointing you're on your own and be open enough and aware enough to stop and say lord should i even be praying about this should i even be trying to believe for this and realize there are times you need to back off for one thing We know what the perfect will of God is. But concerning other people, they have a will. And God's not going to make people do anything. And sometimes people forfeit their right to God's best. And you can't change it. What I'm saying is, there's no cut and dried answer to every situation. That's why God gave us the Holy Spirit. To help us. Every day is a new day. Every situation is different from the last. Who knows what to do about it? He does. Somebody say, well, the word's right. Yeah, but it's a big book. <laughs> Which verse do we stand on today? Well, he knows. Amen. He knows. Hallelujah. And he'll help us. Yes, you know, that's one of his main names. Helper. Yes. Capital H. Say it out loud. He's my helper. My He's my helper. My helper. But now make up your mind. Is you're going to work with him. You don't just try to make him do what you want done. You learn how to work with him. Cooperate with him. Keep reading. He said. My preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. But in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. But in the power of God. Paul was an educated man. He was a speaker. He was an orator. He had command of more than one language. And higher education. And he could stand toe to toe with the best philosophers of the day. uh, The Athenians. And debate with them. But he learned not to do that. Because trying to persuade somebody through your intellect. Maybe you could get some success, but their faith is in your wisdom. He said, no, I don't do that anymore. He said, when I preach, I'm expecting. He said, I purpose not to know anything but Jesus and him crucified. And I'm expecting people to be persuaded and people to have faith come up in them, not because I'm so wise. But because the power of God was manifested. And they know that power for themselves. And the spirit of God demonstrated what was being preached. And then their faith is not in me. And not in my sparks. And not in my ability to speak and my wisdom. Their faith is in the power of God. That they've experienced for themselves. And nobody can take that away from them. Can you say amen? Amen. Say that loud. I have faith. faith. In the power of God. The scripture said that in the last days, there'd be a group of people and a generation that would have a form of godliness, but would do what? 
that deny the power. Well, if they're denying the power, what do they have left? Will it be reasoning? Their wisdom. And there are even people that tell you, you know, bless their heart. Some of them got several degrees and they'll tell you, oh, healing's passed away. And the age of miracles is passed and speaking in tongues is passed away. And, you know, we have the full understanding now. <laughs> and try to say we don't need all that. This is the manifestation of the word in our lives. You preach the word and you believe the word on healing. And then what? He manifests the word of healing. Oh, can you say amen? Amen. You preach just like you preach the word of salvation and somebody comes and believes to be born again. And how do they get born again? The Bible said the Spirit of God puts them into the body of Christ. So the Spirit of God, when somebody comes and they believe on Jesus and they get born again, that was a moving of the Spirit in their life. Somebody was healed. That was a moving of the Spirit. But it was in response to the confirmation of the Word. Go to Mark, please. The 16th chapter. This is pretty big. I'm endeavoring to condense it some. Are you believing God with me? Stay with me. Help me on this. Mark 16. Are you there? Mark 16, 15. Jesus said to him. Go into all the world. Preach the good news. To every creature. Every created being. He that believes. And is baptized. Will be saved. Well what came first though? Now back up. The preaching. Right? Of course they had to go. Right? In order to go they had to be. We know from Romans 10. They had to be sent. And they preach. And then people can believe. And acting on their faith or baptized will be saved. He that believes not will be damned or condemned. These signs will follow them that believe. These what? What's the signs? Well, we see demons cast out. People speaking with new tongues. People protected. Laying hands on the sick and them getting healed. So the preaching was not the end. Right? I said the preaching was not the end. Or are you with me on this? How many understand that there are untold churches in the world right now. They have a little weak, dry sermonette on social reform and politics. And when it's the end, it is the end. But that's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be an anointed, living word of God proclaimed and are taught. And then that's not the end. What comes then? The signs that follow. Oh, can you see it? Like the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the deep. And then God spoke and the Spirit moved and it was. Supposed to be that way every service. And every time at your house, when you get up and speak the word of God in faith, that's not the end when you get through talking. That's his part now. (laughs) This gets real to you. You're going to get happy about this. He moves. 
Do you hear Jesus telling us how it's going to work? Go. Proclaim it. People will believe it. Then what? Signs. What kind of signs? Signs of his presence and of his power, but not just random signs, signs in line with what was preached. Are we talking about the moving of the Spirit? Yes, we are. Is it connected with the Word of God? Oh, inseparable. Keep reading. Verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken to him, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And what did they do? Verse 20. Well, that's what he told them to do. Right? Go. And do what? Preach the good news. So what did they do? They went forth. And they preached everywhere. Good boys and girls. <laughs> right? Did what he said. And what happened? And that was the end. They went everywhere and preached. And praised God. No, they went forth and preached everywhere, comma, 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 the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Glory to God. Confirming the word. Confirming the word. The Holy Ghost was manifest. How was the Lord working with them? You read other passages. You see it was the Spirit of God. Working with them. Can you see? Waters in the book of Genesis. The Spirit's hovering over the face of the deep and the waters. Waters in Scripture is a type of multitudes of people. And can you see these apostles? Preaching all over the place. And while they're preaching the word of God in faith. And by the anointing. Can you see the spirit of God hovering over the people out there? Can you see it? And when somebody believed him. And received it. And acted on it. He moves. And somebody else believed it in that. He moved. And he moved. And he moved. And you had signs confirming what was preached. Glory to God. And I mean at that point. These people are not just impressed. With the apostles and sitting there going. Ain't they smart. I tell you what. That fellow sure can talk. <laughs> no. They have experienced. The power of God. There's been a demonstration. Of what was preached. And so now their faith. Is not in Paul's wisdom. Or Peter's wisdom. Their faith. Is in the power of God. Not in somebody's head. Glory to God. (laughs) They went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. And confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Brother Hagin again. My father in the faith. He said some years ago he got so hungry to see more of the manifestations of the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, we see nine ways that talks about how the Spirit moves. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, 
discerning of spirits, and gift of faith, and working of miracles, and gift of healing, and tongues, and interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. These are nine of the main ways he moves. Brother Hagin said he got hungry for that, and he and got to praying about it, and got to even fasting about it. And he said, uh, the Lord started talking to him about it. And he said, Lord, we want to see more manifestations of the Spirit. We want to see more signs of your presence and power. And he said, the Lord took him to that text right there. Mark 16. We want to see more signs. We want to see more power. We want to see more miracles. And he prayed that for days and days. And he said, the Lord took it to him. He said, the Lord worked with them. Confirming the word. Signs follow. He said, yeah, Lord, I know that. I know that's what we want. Signs. And it took him a little while. And finally, he said, the Lord said, did you read that? The Lord worked with them, confirming the word. He said, preach the word, now confirm it. He said, Lord, that's what I better preach it. I'm a word preacher. He said, check up on what you're preaching. So he did. He began to really look and begin to examine. And he said, uh-oh. He was preaching his Pentecostal tradition. And he was preaching his Baptist tradition. And he was preaching this, and he's preaching what grandpa, you know, we like to think, oh, we word people. That's it. 100% word. Yeah, you wish. You know one way you can tell if you're really preaching the word? You're going to have some signs following. Not signs of people acting goofy. Signs of people being healed. And people getting delivered. And people being protected. And people having help. Now I know we're getting some word out. Because we're having some signs. Oh but how many believe there's so much more. There's so much more. Go to Hebrews please. Talking about the moving of the spirit. The moving of the Spirit. When does He move? He moves to manifest the Word. Whose Word? He's not obligated to confirm just anything I decide to preach. Or just anything you decide to confess. Right? I hope you don't get tired of hearing that because you're going to hear that in about a hundred different other ways. Because it's such a huge deal. Do you understand this now? The Spirit of God is not obligated to confirm just anything you decide to pray. Or anything you decide to confess. Or anything I decide to preach. He's going to work with what? The Word. So the closer to the Word we are, the more results we're going to get. The further from the Word we are, the less results. And... It's such a simple thing to be missed so universally. Do you, you know, if you've been around here any length of time or in other places that emphasize the word, then you're training yourself that way. But do you see just all the time people get excited about this and, and so and so preach that and, and oh, this is the next great thing. And my first question is, what would you think? Where's the scripture? Where is that in the word? And if I can't find it, then I'm not excited. Are you listening? 
But you got even good people that, man, they just, you know, they're on this book for a while. And then they're on this and, and then they're on that. And, and this is the great thing. And then they decide, no, that's not it. And this, why? Because the word is not their anchor. They don't take everything back to here. And if you've got some supernatural things going on, but you're not holding to the word, then you can have spiritual activity that is not God. We don't just want miracles. We don't just want spiritual activity. We want God. He's going to move in line with his word. Always. Hebrews. I think it's a, what is it, the second chapter. Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2 and verse 3. Hebrews 2 and 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Now let's just stop right there. A lot of folk could jump on this fourth verse and go, whoo, yeah, 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 signs and wonders and divers miracles. Back up, back up. When did the signs and wonders come in? God bearing, actually the word them is in italics. It's added by the translator. So it literally says God bearing witness. Bearing witness to what? Well, the previous verse. The great salvation which at the first began to be what? Spoken by the Lord, the master. He's the one started preaching this. And then it was confirmed and continued to be preached to us by them that heard him. And so what's this, a colon there, a semicolon? And God bearing witness to what? To what was preached. With the signs and the wonders and the different miracles and the gifts or distributions of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Is that the moving of the Spirit? Oh yeah, signs and wonders and different miracles. This is what we're hungry for. But it's in confirmation of the word. Do you see this? What's always first? The word. The word. Back up to the book of Acts. The 14th chapter. Don't think you already know all about this now. We're laying a foundation. We're going somewhere. Acts 14 We'll back up to the 52nd verse of the previous chapter there. This wasn't written in chapter and verse. It all goes together. The disciples, this is 1352 of Acts. The disciples were what? Filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. You never see people filled with the Holy Ghost and depressed. You never see that. Never. So what about people that are spiritual? But they're dark. It's always heavy. Huh? Now the reason I say this is because you need to know the difference. 
I've been privileged. And Phyllis and I have been privileged. In my estimation. To have fellowship with some very spiritual people. Several people that I consider to be very spiritual. And some of them have had. Like Brother Hagen, Multiple visitations. Personal visitations from the head of the church. And yet. Some of the most normal acting people you ever want to be around. In fact, some people that are around them didn't, you know, they're wanting them to roll their eyes back in their head and prophesy every other breath. And they think that's what spiritual is. Because they don't know. And a lot of folk, when they're talking about the move of the spirit, the only thing they know is line everybody up and prophesy to everybody. And do it again next time. And do it again next time. To them, that is the move of the Spirit. (laughs) Some folk didn't like that. (laughs) Well, that's why we said it. (laughs) The move of the Spirit is inseparable from the Word. Can you see this now? You want to have the signs. You want to have the wonders. You want to have the miracles. What do we see them? The word was preached. People believed. And the spirit of God manifested the word. Now let me back up. The word he directed to be preached. It was his idea. He was in the front of it. He was in the middle of it. And he finished it up. Can you see that? He directed the preachers what to preach. He anointed them to preach it. He anointed the people to hear it. He revealed it. Faith inside them. And then when they believed and acted on it. He performed the word in their life. It's him. 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 And then him. So we ought not be going. Ooh so and so is so spiritual. Ooh what a prophet they are. Ooh what an apostle. Ooh ooh. Uh uh. That's being impressed with them. You ought to be going, oh, glory to God. I mean, it's, I know if we have the best move of the Spirit, that people leave so caught up in the Spirit of God, they don't even think about me. That's what I desire. The more people are thinking about me, the less powerful a service we're having. Did you hear me now? And that's true for every preacher, every minister, every child of God. When the Spirit of God's strong enough, you're not thinking about me or your neighbor. Thinking about Him. He's real to you. He's talking to you. He's moving in you. He's moving on you. Acts 14. They were filled with. Somebody say joy. Say it again joy how about intercessors that are always depressed they're off Hmm? what about prophets that are always heavy because they have a bad word whoa 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 unto thee whoa and it's always whoa whoa And they rationalize that they're in that state always so somber, always so heavy, because they're more spiritual than everybody else. And if everybody was really spiritual, you'd have no fun 
because there's too much tragedy going on in the world and you're aware of the great tragedy and need in the world. That's not the Bible. I said that's not the Bible. That's somebody's twisted idea of what spirituality is. But the Bible. Remember the Bible? The Bible said rejoice in the Lord all the time. And again I say rejoice. He said the joy of the Lord is your strength. Depressed Christians are weak Christians. Strong Christians have joy. Spirit-filled Christians are what? Right here. Right here. Huh? Filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is the joy spirit. He's the joy spirit. Isn't that one of the fruit of the spirit? Love. Joy. When he's moving and manifesting, you're going to have some. Hmm? Everybody's always crying, always down, always sad. Well, that ain't the Spirit of God. Spirit of grief. Yeah. Always mourning and grieving. No, no. (laughs) Some folk not sure whether they like that or not, but let's keep going. It came to pass in Iconium, they went both together to the synagogue and they did what? They spoke. What did they speak? They always preach the word. That a great multitude both of Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. Did you know that no matter if it was Paul or if it was Peter or even Jesus himself, some people didn't believe it? Right? And some people fought against it even if it was Jesus preaching it? So preachers don't be discouraged. Not everybody's going to like you. <laughs> I know one time the Lord dealt with me to go share something with somebody. I knew he did. He kept me up half the night about it. And I didn't really want to. But I knew I needed to. And so I tried to do it the best way I knew how. And man, they shut me down. And pretty much told me they didn't want to be my friend no more. Well, nobody enjoys that. And I went back, you know, and was sitting in my office. And I thought, Lord, you know, that didn't go too hot. And <laughs> I said, Lord... They just rejected me. He said, no, son, they rejected me. Don't take it so personal. He said, if they rejected me, if they ain't going to listen to me, what you get upset because they're not going to listen to you for? I thought, oh. So many times we think we're a bigger part of it than we really are. (laughs) He said, if they're not going to listen to me, don't you be shocked because they didn't listen to you. There are people that ignore God. That refuse to listen to him. So don't be shocked if they don't listen to you. Keep reading. Verse 3. Long time therefore abode they. Speaking boldly in the Lord. And he did what? You see we've seen that word again. Gave testimony. To what? Gave testimony. To the word. Man I can get as excited. Talking about the word as anything. Gave testimony to the word of his grace. And granted what? Signs and wonders to be done by their 
hand. We know of some of them. I mean, Peter's shadow would fall across people and they'd get up and walk away healed from being paralyzed and blind and deaf. We saw things like that. But see, you got to put this with it because this is telling you how it happened. What happened first? People say, oh, God's using Peter in a magnificent way. He's just walking and throwing shadows. No, the man's preaching the truth. Right? And people begin to believe it and the Spirit of God is manifesting. He's confirming the word of healing. Now this is some special ways of doing it, but it came back to what was preached. I know in healing school one time a man came and to call me to task about it. He said, well now, we don't believe that stuff in our church. I've never seen a healing in our church. And I said, well now, isn't that interesting? I said, y'all don't preach this. No, sir. And you don't have any healings in your church. No, I had never seen one. I said, we preach it all the time. And I pointed to him. I said, see all those big books? I said, they're full of testimonies. Not my words, theirs. You going to call all those people liar and tell them they didn't know if they were healed or not? They said they were sick. They said they got healed. They would know. Right? I said, isn't it interesting? Y'all don't preach it? Y'all don't believe it? Y'all don't have it. (laughs) We preach it, we believe it, and we have it. That's no great mystery. It's what he said. These signs would follow those that believe. Not the people that refuse it and shut it down. The people that believe it. That's why we preach on healing. So we can have some healing. That's why we preach on prosperity. So we can have some prosperity. Right? And every area of the word, the spirit of God can confirm. Go back with me to the gospel account of John. Have you got a few more minutes here tonight? Are you in a great big hurry? Thank you, master. The book of John, chapter 5. This whole book is just... You see so many of these kinds of references in the gospel account of John. But let me just point out two or three to you. John 5 and 30. John 5, 30. Jesus said, I can of my own self do what? What could Jesus, now these are his words, not mine. According to his own words, what could he do as Jesus? He said nothing. As I hear, I judge or determine. And my judgment or determination is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. We'll see it further as we go, but did you know that Jesus never took credit personally for one sermon he preached? He never took personal credit for one healing or for one deliverance or for one miracle, not once. We just got through reading this, but I mean it's repeated again and again and again in this one book right here and other places. I can of my own self. I don't speak of myself. I didn't come to do my own will. 
Now the reason I say this is because Jesus is the ultimate example of working with the Holy Spirit. Right? Did we see the Spirit moving in His life and in His ministry? Is that available to us? It is. It is. He said, he that believes on me, the works I do, he'll do also. And greater works than these. How? Do you see what a big part of this was based on his unselfishness? On his selflessness? He's not trying to get the Holy Ghost to help him accomplish his agenda. He has no agenda of his own. Oh, friends, are you hearing with your hearts tonight? Had somebody ask me, you know, some years ago, we were doing an interview. And they said, well, what about your personal dreams and your personal goals? I said, I don't have them. They looked at me like, you're lying. What? I said, no, I used to have some. And I just had to die to them. What do you mean? Well, If you push hard enough, the Lord will let you do what you want to do. And there's been several things, you know, years ago that I thought, oh, I want to do this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do it. And I tried to pray about it, and I couldn't get the Lord to hook up with me on it. (laughs) But in my ignorance, I just kept a pushing and pushing. How many know Israel wanted a king? And the Lord said, no, I don't want you to have a king. So what happened? He picked them out one. Somebody said, how does that work? It's called the permissive will of God. You didn't want his perfect will. So he's going to let you do what you want to do. But it's going to cost you. Did you hear me? He told him, he said, all right, okay. He warned them. He said, all right. They want to be like other nations. He said, all right, I'll pick you out one. But he said, this is what's going to be. He's going to tax you, and he's going to take the best of your stuff. And when it all comes to pass, and you're hollering and crying about your king, I want you to remember I told you this. But it happened. Right? And there's been a few times in my life, and if any of you walk very far with the Lord, you might could say so too, but don't raise your hand, just look straight ahead. That I, you know, yeah, I want to do this. Yeah, I think this, yeah, this is, yeah, this is what I want to do. And the Lord wouldn't talk to me about it. And and he wouldn't hook up, the Holy Ghost wouldn't hook up with me in prayer. Well, you know, after a few months of that, you ought to get a clue. Shouldn't you? But no. (laughs) I want it. And I want to make it the will of God. And you keep pushing. He will let you do it. He will let you take a job. Out of the will of God. He will let you move to a place. Out of the will of God. He will let you marry the wrong person. Out of the will of God. After you prayed and prayed and prayed. To really hear from God. You must be objective. You must be open. You must be willing to hear something different. Than what you think you want. Elsewise you're not even on the same page. That unwillingness is a block between you and him. And I, I'm sorry to say that happened more than once in my life. Oh, but after two or three times, 
And me having to believe God sometimes for years to get it straight. I finally came to him one time. I said, Lord, I don't want you to let me do anything else. That's when I begin to die to my dreams and my goals. Lord, I'm just going to come to you and not tell you. I want to ask you. What's the way? What do you want done? Where do you want me? What do you say? And most anybody would agree with that. But a whole lot of people aren't practicing it even remotely. They make their plans They do their thinking, they set their goals, and then they pray about five minutes, run, die, shun, die, untie my bow tie. Yeah, it'll be all right. Lord said it'll be all right. (laughs) Never heard from God. We're never willing to hear anything else. They already made up their mind before they started praying about it. And then people have rough times and they wonder, well, God, why'd you let this happen to me? And why'd you let this Well, we're having fun now, are we? (laughs) What did Jesus say? Skip down to the sixth chapter. Oh, this is good right here. Six. Thirty-eight. We ought to say this out loud ourselves. Six thirty-eight. Jesus said, I came down from heaven, what? Not to do my own will, but what? The will of him that sent me. If there would have been anybody qualified to do their own will, it would have been him. Right? And he said, I didn't. Now, see, this is such a radically different way of thinking and living. You don't, Jesus never awakened in the morning and said, what do I want to do today? Never. What did he say? Where do you want me today? What do you want me to do? And he had the continual moving of the Spirit. Why? Because he's not trying to get God to confirm something he decided. This was God's idea. And you don't have to beg God or try to talk him into something he thought of. You don't have to beg him to finance something he told you to do. Are y'all with me now? The house you have so much trouble paying for is the one he didn't tell you to get. The car that's such a burden to you is the one he didn't tell you to get. Hmm? The ministry project, the church project that's just like pulling teeth and just flops. Well, the people wouldn't hook up. The people wouldn't hook up. How about you missed God? See, people don't like that, do they? That's, that's, no, no, I couldn't. The people wouldn't. The, the people. Brother Keith is the people. The Spirit of God can move on the people. And if He's not moving, you don't need to move. If He's not dealing with people, you need to leave them alone. Go to the... Uh, 14th chapter, please. I think we can find us an unhooking place. I don't know. Boy, these next three passages are so rich. Who knows? In John 14, let's look at it. 
Jesus said, John 14, 15, if you love me, dream up your own plans and beg me to help you. (laughs) No, do what? Keep my, do what I say. And I'll pray the Father and he'll give you somebody to help you do it. Another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Now see people that won't receive Jesus that know about him. They have done so because they insist on being their own Lord. So they don't qualify for the comforter. They haven't given entrance, allowed him access into their life. They don't receive the word. There's nothing for him to confirm. That's a dry, bleak, empty place. He said the spirit of God whom the world Cannot receive because it sees him not neither knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you as before the new birth and shall be in you. That's after the new birth. That's now. He's not only with us. He's in us. Oh, somebody say he's in me. Don't you remember the scripture? Greater is he. That's what? He's in me. He's in me. Oh, did you get the same spirit who was hovering over the face of the deep? The same spirit who did the miracles in Jesus' ministry. The same spirit who did these things we read about in the book of Acts. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. He's in you. He's in me. Right now, same Holy Ghost. Same, same spirit. Same spirit. In me. Oh, we ought to confess it. We ought to think about it. We ought to talk about it. Give thanks to God for Him all the time. And become more spirit inside minded. More greater one inside. More God inside minded. I believe it was Dr. John Lake that it was said. Sometimes he would dress and dress nice and look in the mirror before he went and said, God's in that man in that fine suit of clothes. God's in that man. You need to look in your mirror and say, God's in that man. God's in that woman. Right? God's in me. Well, the more aware, then the more ready you'll be to cooperate with him. Yield to him. Uh, Skip on down. Verse 26. We're talking about the moving of the Spirit. And we're reading about what Jesus said, what He would do. These are ways He moves. The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. That anybody and everybody ever said? No. No. Whatever I have said to you. Is bringing to your remembrance, is that a movement of the Spirit? Is teaching you, is that a movement of the Spirit? You don't have to be in a service. You can be sitting in your chair at your house. Right? And the Spirit of God begin to teach you. 
show you some things. You're having a move of the Spirit in your recliner. Yeah, at your kitchen table, at your car. Something comes up, you're in a situation, and you need to know what to do, and the Spirit of God brings to your remembrance something the Lord said to you through the sermon, through the book, through a time of prayer, and you know what to do, and you know how to deal with it. That was a move of the Spirit. Can you see that? Glory. He said, verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives, give I you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He's the spirit of peace, isn't he? Well, we've seen two great indicators of his presence and moving. What was the first one we saw earlier? Joy. And this one is peace. Joy and peace. You're there in John. Hold your place. I'm trying to wind it up, but I can't move too fast now. John 15. Hold your place in John uh, 15 and go to Romans 15 is what I'm trying to say. Hold your place, John 15. Go to Romans 15. 15, 13. 15, 13 Romans. It says, now the God of hope fill you with what? All joy. And what? Peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is manifesting in power in a bunch of people. What are you going to see? You're going to see joy. And you're going to see peace. God's using a person to pray powerfully in the Spirit. And they're really getting the job done. What are you going to see in them? Joy and peace. Any man of God, any woman of God, any ministry, any church that really is having a real move of the true Spirit of God, you're going to see what? Joy and peace. What if he's moving real strong? Lots of joy and lots of peace. What if he's moving mightily, powerfully? Joy unspeakable and full of glory and peace that passes understanding. Glory to God. Stronger he moves, the more joy, the more peace. The more he moves in your house, the more joy and the more peace in your house. Your kids and your family and your job. Say it out loud. Joy and peace. Joy and peace. What's the opposite of that? Huh? Depression. Worry. Anxiety. Right? What if you're full of heaviness and depression and you're full of anxiety and worry? That ain't the move of the Spirit. That's not the move of the Holy Ghost. He didn't make you that way. Right? No. That was another spirit. How many remember the Bible said God did not give us the spirit of fear? But what? Power, 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 power. Hey! And love! And a disturbed mind? No, sound! 
found <laughs> these disturbed people are not spirit filled, Holy Ghost spirit filled people. Anxious and vexed and hyper and nervous and jumpy and no, that ain't Holy Ghost. It's not Holy Ghost. Spirit of God is full of joy, full of joy, full of joy, full of joy. You can just sit in your chair and be happy all day long. <laughs> and full of peace, full of peace. Oh, that keeps your heart and your mind still and quiet inside. That's the Holy Ghost moving. Thank you, Master. Now skip on down to the 16th chapter. Well, I'm moving too fast. 1526. 1526. When the Comforter is come, and he came on the day of Pentecost, he's been here ever since. This is 1526. John. John. 1526. When the Comforter is come, whom I'll send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth. That's another thing you'll see when the Spirit of God is moving. It's truth. Which proceeds from the Father. He will what? He will testify of me. Two big things here. I've been saying them different ways, but in talking about the moving of the Spirit, the Spirit of God manifests the Word. And the Spirit of God magnifies and glorifies Jesus. Which is saying the same thing, a different way. He magnifies and glorifies Jesus. He said when he comes, he'll do what? I'm not through. Let me take a minute. There are two other scriptures at least that we need to look at. After this one. Somebody say testify. The Spirit of God's going to do what? Of who? Jesus. He said he's going to testify of me. Not you. Not me. In the earlier days of my ministry, I made a mistake. In my focus. And many people do. I kept thinking about my ministry. My call. My anointing. Big mistake. I kept thinking about it. Thinking about my call. What's my call? My call. My anointing. And I'm thinking about the anointings to do my call. And the abilities and the miracles for my call. And without meaning to. I'm wanting the Lord to testify of me. I wouldn't have said that. And I wasn't thinking that, but that's how it works out. Anytime you, anybody, always talk about my ministry. My ministry this, my ministry that, my ministry, my ministry, you're off. Did you hear me now? I had the privilege in teaching at the Raymond Bible Training Center the course on the Holy Spirit. And the year that I was preparing, the half a year I was preparing for it, I'd looked at the scriptures and I'm praying about it. And as the weeks went by, the Spirit of God's getting more and more real to me. 
And finally, I put down, I sit at my desk one day, and I put down my stuff. I said, Holy Ghost, you're real. Tell me about yourself. And he spoke to me. I don't mean to heard an audible voice. This is what he said. This scripture right here. Chapter 16 and 13. John 16, 13. I said, Holy Ghost, tell me about yourself. And, and he quoted this to me. He said, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself. But whatever he hears, that shall he speak, and he'll show you things to come. He shall glorify himself. He'll glorify you, your ministry, your church, your vision, your experience. No. No. He will glorify me. And I saw it. I said, I'm sorry. I should have known that. I said, tell me about Jesus. <laughs> it is almost like he said, have a seat. Because <laughs> that is his business. Showing Jesus. Manifesting Jesus. Revealing Jesus. Not Keith. And not you. And when you keep talking about my ministry, that's another way, a subtle way of talking about me. Don't turn this off, guys. Get Hear this with an open heart. The more you think about your ministry and my call and my anointing and my this, you're getting away from it. It's not about you. It's not about me. The Spirit of God Himself doesn't even speak. Of himself. And from himself. Oh do you see this? Said out loud it's about him. Help me with this Lord. See man when you get a hold of this. It puts you in the same page with the Holy Ghost. Do you know what your healing is about? It's not just about you feeling better. It's about Jesus being glorified in your body. People seeing that you got healed and going, God's real. And he's good. And he cares about stuff like this. And the Holy Ghost will confirm that and go, that's right. Oh, do you see this? Your prosperity. Not about how many cars you can get in your garage. Not just about you being comfortable. It's about people looking at you and realizing God is real. They look at you and go, they ain't that smart. That's got to be God. And you go, that's right. And as long as you stay in that, you will just keep getting more and more blessed and more power and more here. But the moment you start going, yeah. I burnt the midnight oil. I prayed when other people played. I paid the price, brother, so I could get the power. <laughs> then you're going to be dead as a doornail and empty and dry as last year's bird nest. Because <laughs> when it's all you, it ain't much. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. 
turn to 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 John. I think I can close after this. 1 John 4, 1 Corinthians 12. Mm -mm -mm. We made some progress tonight. Glory be to God. Makes me happy. When that joy starts coming up stronger, what do you know? Oh, yeah, we're on the right track here. Spirit of God moving. At peace. 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, or actually it's just spiritual things of and pertaining to the Holy Spirit, I would not have you ignorant. There's a lot of ignorance about these things. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. A whole lot of folk don't understand that at all. You can take any sinner. You can take a guy that's never been born again, drunk, on skid row, and say, hey, I'll give you $20 if you say Jesus is Lord. He can say it. Does that mean that was the Holy Ghost? No. no. That's not what he's talking about. Read it again. I give you to understand that no man doing what? Not just saying it, but what? Speaking by the Spirit of God. This is talking about prophecy. Somebody speaking by inspiration. They're anointed to speak. They're prophesying. And he said if a person really is anointed to speak by the Spirit of God, there is no way they're saying something negative about Jesus. Right? And on the other hand, there is no way somebody speaking by a wrong spirit is going to proclaim Jesus is Lord. Why say that? Go to First John. And see how powerfully that is reiterated right here. 1 John 4. 1 John 4 verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit. When the Bible tells you don't believe everything, what, do you, what should you do? Don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe every prophecy you hear. Don't believe every sermon you hear. Don't believe every book you read. Right? Why? Because the Bible said don't. They're not all right. Right? Believe not every spirit, but do what? Try the spirits, test them. Whether they are of God. There are many voices in the world, the scripture said. None of them without signification. What that means, they're all saying something. They all got a message. Are they all God? No. So what are you supposed to do? Number one, you know they're not all God, so make up your mind. I'm not believing everything I hear. Y'all with me now? You don't believe everything you hear or read or see. So what do you do? You test them. How do you do that? 
Well, the word's the right answer, but he answers the question in the very next verse. Test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are going out into the world. Are they a prophet? Yeah, a false one. Are they spiritual? Yes. Wrong spirit. Are they having some real spiritual manifestations? Yeah. And some movements of a spirit. Yeah. But not God. And you got to make up your mind. I'm not believing everything. You need to say that out loud. I'm not believing everything. (laughs) But what are you going to do? Test them. How you test them? Verse 2. Hereby, this is how, by this, you know the Spirit of God. Man, this is good news. I think we've read over this and haven't paid close enough attention to it. This is how you can know. Every sermon, every prophecy, every prayer, every program, every book, this is how you can know. Is it God? Is it the Spirit of God or some wrong spirit? This is how you know. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. What's the determining factor? It's what they say about Jesus. It's what they do about the master. And the emphasis is on him. And it's glorifying him. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist. Whereof you've heard that it should come and even now already is in the world. But you are of God, little children, and you have whooped them. Oh, Mississippi to overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the World. They're of the world, so they speak of the world, and the world hears them. Now let's just stop right here. What does the world talk about? Absolutely. My project, my career, my new movie, my new release, my new business, my new project, my new this. And that's the wrong spirit. What I've seen, what I know, what I can do, what I've got, a subtle part of it is my ministry. I always talk about my call, my experiences, my anointing, my revelation, my visions, my experiences. What's the emphasis on? You. Then that's not the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God's going to do what? He's going to testify of it. He doesn't even speak of His self. The Holy Ghost. He's going to testify of Jesus and magnify Him and glorify Him. That's what He confirms. That's what He moves on. Oh, can you say Amen? He went on to say, verse 6, we are of God and He that knows God hears us. Because other people that love Jesus, when they hear and see you magnifying Jesus, they're going to jump on the wagon. They're going to go, yeah, that's who we magnify. He's the one. We don't want to hear about you. Tell us about Jesus. (laughs) 
We are of God, and he that knows God hears us. He that is not of God doesn't hear us. Why not? Because they want you to magnify them. They want you to make a big deal out of them. Did you know there's a lot of folk? They don't want you to talk about deliverance and healing in Jesus. They want you to sit down and talk about their problem with them. Which is a subtle way of talking about them. And it's a wrong spirit. He said by this. Hereby means by this here. Know we what? The spirit of truth. And the spirit of error. Man this is rich. Any message. Any sermon. Any book. Any program. Anywhere. Anytime. Anybody. You can always know. Is it God? Is it a wrong spirit? Spirit of truth, spirit of error. How can you tell? He said there is nobody that's going to get up and speak by inspiration and is going to say Jesus is accursed or say anything negative about Jesus. So what are they going to be saying? They're going to be glorifying and magnifying the master. Oh, can you say amen? Stand on your feet. Say it out loud. Lord, get glory to yourself. Oh, let's say it a little stronger. Get glory to yourself. In this church. In these ministries. In my life. In my body. Not my will. Your will be done. I'm not here to do my own will. But to do your will. I'm not here to talk about myself. Not me to be seen, but you. Not me, not my ministry. Be glorified. You be glorified. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.